What's up, champs? Welcome back to Short Shifts, the twice-weekly podcast in between the enormous Sunday mega shows from Brian and Elon to keep you up to date with all of the latest and greatest news in the fantasy hockey world. I'm your host, Louis Ezekiel, ready to talk all the latest info, and joining me tonight uh, for the first time on Short Shifts, we have Jeremy Versillo, Tier 1 uh, manager. In the Cuckupful and uh, longtime patron of the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a former Tier 1 manager, but I'm hoping to get back there this year, facing some stiff tests in Tier 2 Ottawa. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, tier one is, uh, tier one is eternal. Once you have that designation, you don't ever lose it. That's what I'm telling myself as I am careening towards relegation here this season. Uh, my all in bet on Austin Matthews is not paid in the way that I sort of hoped it would. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, maybe we'll be head to head, uh, in the near future. But, uh, if you face, you know, get your way up to, uh, up to tier one, maybe, uh, uh, I'll be hoping to join you up there soon. Looking forward to it. All right. I know you wanted to just uh, mention a little bit about uh, Connor Bedard's performance at the World Junior Championships before we jump into the more current uh, current topics here. Absolutely. I've been watching a lot of the World Juniors because I like prospects and younger players, and Bedard's doing things that have never been done before. He's already set Canada's all-time points record like for playing in a tournament as many times as you're eligible. He's set the all-time goals record. And he's also set Canada's single tournament points record and still has two games left. He's got 21 points in, what is it, five games so far? And that's compared to last two points leaders in the tournament were Zegris and McTavish with 18 and 17 points in the whole tournament. Wow, that's awesome. You love to see, I mean, you know, these, these records are made to be broken, right? So you love when you see the next kind of generation step up and, and really, uh, take these things on. I gotta ask, you know, we've got, we've got Zegers now and we've seen kind of what he's capable of. And certainly, uh, McTavish has a ton of potential. Um, do you think that he is going to be able to, you know, uh, make that transition up into the NHL? Do you think that he's going to be someone that people are going to be grabbing in, you know, I don't know, the first five rounds? Is that too, too generous? Is that too stingy, uh, of, of one year drafts? Like, what do people, I suppose it all sort of maybe depends on where he's going to land, but how do you think people are going to view Bedard coming out next year, uh, just in one year leagues? Obviously, keeper leagues are a whole different animal. Honestly, I think there will be people who take the plunge on him in the fourth or fifth rounds next year. Uh, he's going to be all over the place. I remember the first year Kaprizov came over, he went everywhere from like the fourth round to the tenth round in leagues I was playing in. I think this could be very similar where he'll get drafted everywhere, but there's always going to be that one person in your league who's willing to take the risk on the upside very early. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I love to see, I love to see promise and I, I love the idea of potential, but yeah, I usually think I find myself as one of the people who, uh, let someone else bet on that potential and, and goes with a more sure thing. Although a sure thing is not even a sure thing, but you know, uh, just interesting to think about sort of the psychology of how the next draft might go, uh, with, with such a, an exciting, uh, young player coming on up. But we've got to get into uh, the real world of hockey, and we've seen some really interesting stuff. Sometimes on a Tuesday show, I feel like eh, we haven't necessarily got enough distance from Sunday, but we have tons of news. So let's get right into it here. Uh, first thing we got to talk about is uh, Jakob Verana. Tell us a little bit about what happened, and uh, we got to we got to think about what's coming next for this guy. 
Yeah. So Verana just came out of the NHL Players Assistance Program. Uh, no, no news on what the issue was, but he went through his treatment and is ready to come back playing. He was on a conditioning stint in the AHL and now has been waived. We don't know yet whether or not someone will pick up his $5.25 million contract for the next two years, but you have to imagine that a player like that available for free may generate some interest across the league. Yeah, really interesting. You know, obviously there's a lot we don't know about the situation, uh, you know, up to and including his reason for, for entering the program in the first place. Uh, you pointed out while we were chatting earlier that Detroit's left wing situation is certainly getting crowded. We've got Robbie Fabry looking to return uh, as early as this week. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi making a comeback. Um, you mentioned, too, that Kubalik has, outside of that one two-goal game, just been an absolute snoozer. And I think that came up on the mega show on Sunday as well. So a lot going on here with the Red Wings. Um, you know, uh, my guess... Uh, is that the combination of uncertainty regarding the reason for this waiver along with the, you know, like you said, a five and a quarter million contract might allow him to clear. Maybe that's what Eisenman is counting on. Um, you know, I'm sure that the, I'm hoping certainly, uh, that the, the club will be upfront about, you know, their explanation for what's going on. But I wonder too if it's maybe something that is information for Verona to share, uh, if anyone is going to share it. Um, so, you know, just, this is a very tricky one. Uh, I know we're all going to be kind of waiting with bated breath to see what goes on. He, you know, is, is that player that minute for minute has always really, you know, stunned with his offensive production, but, you know, he's never really been able to, to hold a spot in, you know, on top lines or even in top sixes. He seems to often be in the doghouse with the coaches. I hope that, his experience in the program maybe has, has, you know, helped him get his head on straight and maybe he's just looking for a fresh start. Um, but you know, we've seen him in a couple stops now where he just has, you know, like we talked about earlier, that great potential, um, but hasn't necessarily been able to capitalize it. So yeah, very interesting to see if a team is willing, uh, to, to take on the contract and see if Verana is able to, uh, produce the way that he can, you know, as a, a, a small minutes heavyweight. Um, but yeah, so that's something definitely to keep an eye on. And hopefully uh, by Thursday, we'll be able to give a clarified picture, uh, maybe including some some reasoning behind some of this stuff. Uh, jumping over to another pretty important story. Uh, we saw Tristan Jari uh, leave the Winter Classic with injury. Casey DeSmith took over and played admirably, although he was not able to uh, secure the win. Um, what do we think about DeSmith as an option here? I really like DeSmith as a short-term option. If Jari misses any significant amount of time, he's going to be backing up a pretty strong Pens team that knows how to play responsible hockey. So I think he's just as good as a lot of low-end starters in fantasy that people are probably holding. The real concern I have is the number of games he's going to play over the next two weeks because he's only got two more left this week, and then there's a back-to-back as part of their slate next week. So he's probably only getting you four games over the next two weeks. Yeah, so definitely not maybe the kind of volume you were hoping to see, at least here kind of in the near term. Um, we did see the Penguins uh, call up a backup goalie. So it does appear that Jari is going to be out at least uh, in the near term here. 
Um, I guess I'm going to be a little bit of the brine here and throw some cold water on it. I'm not as excited uh, about Jari or DeSmith, I should say. Um, you know, just it, like you pointed out with the volume, uh, I don't love it. It's not a ton of game options. I think, you know, if Jari is, is really going to be out, DeSmith is probably going to line up for, uh, you know, every start that he can. I doubt he'll start the two games of the back to back. And even if he does, it always makes me a little gun shy. Um, but you know, he's only had one quality start in his last five games. And that was back on December 10th versus Buffalo. And it was an excellent game. Uh, none of the starts have been spectacularly bad at least. So you like to see that, but you know, with limited volume and not a ton of quality lately, I feel like I would rather maybe pass on to Smith and use that slot, you know, hopefully more efficiently just because I, I unless goalie streaming is really tough in that league, I feel like you're going to have better matchups arise you know, get a backup goalie who's playing well or something. Uh, it just makes me, you know, yes, he's a starter, but he's not really getting that starter volume while Jari is out. So I'm, I'm a little more hesitant, but I see where you're coming from, certainly. Like that Penns team, certainly they they are capable. Um, they got to get there. They got to get that top line going again. Crosby and Gensel really, uh, you know, on on quite a bit of a cold streak. And, of course, dragging Russ down uh, along for the the way as well. Uh, all right, let's look at uh, St. Louis now. Uh, we saw Vladimir Tarasenko announce that he has a hand injury, Ryan O'Reilly with a broken foot. Uh, they were given re-evaluation dates of four weeks for Tarasenko and six weeks for O'Reilly. Uh, it worries me the way they phrase that just because, you know, those are not healing opportunities. Like when we think they're going to come back, that's when we will take another look. Um, the best I could find said to expect both back before the March 3rd trade deadline, but nothing more specific. Obviously, we certainly hope it will be sooner than that. That would be a full eight weeks uh, for both of them. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, certainly some concern there for the Blues. Um, Barbashev has been cold, but he is on the top power play uh, and might be worth an add. It really is more like a true top power play than we've seen in St. Louis uh, lately, just because they've been more balanced and now they don't really have they don't really have that luxury. Uh, so I think Baruby will kind of lean on that tower play top power play a little bit more. Uh, so I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, and then um, Barbashev ended up lining up with uh, Saad and Shen, so a pretty decent spot for him. Uh, overall, I think it could potentially be a benefit for the top power play guys, um, just with more ice time, more opportunity. I am a little worried about it for the Blues goaltenders. Uh, it's already showing up a little bit. You know, not that Sam Sonov, who we'll talk about a little bit later, has been doing great either. Um, but uh, I believe it's five to five right now in the third period. Uh, so n- neither goalie really covering themselves in glory. Uh, anything that you want to bring up with regards to uh, the Blues and their injury situation? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's some opportunity for some of their other offensive guys because St. Louis is one of those teams that spreads the love a lot. But other than that, I think you just kind of have to wait and see. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, we've got... Uh, t- Let's see, one more spot we want to stop before we take a little break here, uh, and that's to talk about the Washington Capitals uh, with some outcheries upcoming, but also uh, some concerning injury news for some really important players. Uh, We heard that uh, Oshie was a game-time decision for Tuesday, and he did end up in the lineup, Uh, that Backstrom and Wilson are close uh, to making a return. But we did get uh, some bad news with regard to John Carlson, who is looking at a recovery time of months, not weeks. Uh, 
Um, so I don't know what are, what are we looking at here with the caps uh, in your in your opinion, fantasy wise. Uh, who should we be keeping an eye on, and what should we be considering for uh, you know how these uh, injuries and outries are going to affect things moving forward? Well, obviously, I think you need to keep an eye on those three forwards who are about to return: Backstrom, Oshie, and Wilson, because they're going to play in the top six. At least one of them is going to get power play time. Uh, I'm not sure if all of them will be fantasy relevant, especially with the breakout of some guys like Connor Sheary and Dylan Strom recently. But you got to be ready for them to to be good contributors. Yeah, so I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the power play splits right now on uh, Frozen Pool. Uh, and it does look like TJ Oshie knocked uh, Marcus Johansson out of his power play spot that he had enjoyed for a little while. Uh, so that top power play is Oshie, Kuznetsov, Strom, and Ovechkin. Uh, so yeah, and and with Eric Gustafson, of course, uh, manning the blue line there. You know, he has been absolutely a waiver MVP here. Uh, and then you mentioned also um, with Dmitry Orlov uh, as a, a banger leap option. He's seen that time on ice increase, and that's given him... Uh, a nice increase on some of those rate stats, averaging two shots, two hits, and a block and a half each game. So if those are categories that matter to you or you collect points on those, uh, he could be a good option there. Um, so we wanted to sort of talk about the, the elephant in the room here, and that is what do we do about John Carlson? You know, if you are full up on IR slots, you know, especially if you have one of these other recent injuries, you know, your Jaris or your Tarasenkos or whoever, um, you know, what do we do with that slot? Uh, I don't know. What, what is it? Is it wild to think that you might, uh, consider dropping Carlson with this news that we're, we're a long way off from injuries? I think you'd have to be pretty desperate to straight up drop Carlson. You made the point that. You can probably trade him for some lesser player to a team that's secure in their playoff chances in fantasy. But if worse comes to worse and your league doesn't like trading, you may have to let go because there's no guarantee he's back for the rest of the regular season, given. Yeah, that's the big concern, right? Is if we're in a one-year league, I think, you know, don't rush. You know, we can we can find out more information. I know months, not weeks is necessarily... Uh, you know, the greatest news you've ever heard, but I'm sure it'll get more specific as time goes on. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I asked the question as a devil's advocate. I think it is wild to, to consider dropping him, uh, for nothing. I think that, you know, maybe the thing to do is if you, you know, are, are in need of immediate solutions, start shopping him to those, uh, managers in your league who already have, you know, a large sitting pretty, uh, when it comes to a playoff position. You know, they can afford to maybe take a short-term hit uh, for the chance to have a high-end power play QB come playoff time. I know Gustafson, what he's done has been excellent. It has kind of been out of the blue. Uh, I don't see the Caps promoting him over a healthy Carlson if they have the opportunity. Um, so, you know, my thinking is, you know, see if you're, if you're, if you're hell bent on, on getting rid of him, getting him off your roster, getting that dead weight off. Um, you know, shop around and see if you can't get somebody, you know, rosterable plus uh, for your Carlson, just because, you know, dropping him for nothing. I don't see any reason why you would necessarily want to do that. Um, overall, just looks good for the Caps getting healthy. I think it should help their goalies generally. Looks like it'll mostly be Kemper who will be enjoying the benefit. Uh, Charlie Lindgren had a really nice run, just like he did last year with the Blues, but clearly appears to be goalie number two, despite his stellar play. 
Uh, I see him as a nice stream option. I'm only bringing this up because he's rostered across 45% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, and I think that number is too high. Um, you know, I think that's a guy that you stream in when he has the opportunity because he's been playing very nicely, but I don't see him as a person who needs to be, you know, kind of permanently sitting on your roster and, and filling that slot up. Yeah, totally agreed there. All right, Jeremy. Well, we're going to take a short little break here. When we get back, we're going to talk about some defensemen nearing a return to help you out on your back end. We've got some hot and cold streaks as well. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Jeremy, let's keep rolling right along. Uh, You had a nice list of some defensemen who are coming back who could help you with your depth. Why don't you run through them for us? So especially with the injury to Carlson that we talked about before the break, uh, a lot of teams are in need of some help on defense now. A few guys who are nearing return from injury would be Nick Blankenberg in Columbus. He has some interesting banger upside, and with all the other injuries Columbus has, he should get big minutes. I think he's one of those players that if Marcus Bjork is owned in your league, then Nick Blankenberg definitely should be when he's healthy. The second one is Mike Matheson in Montreal. He's going to be reevaluated after the road trip, which ends tonight. When he comes back, he'll be top line and top power play. He was playing 23, 24 minutes a night before then. I think he's probably the best of the bunch. He's got a lot of upside, even on a bad team. Last but not least, for those of you in a much deeper league, Scott Perunovic who has not played many NHL games. He's one of the St. Louis Blues' top prospects coming back from a shoulder injury. But with the void left by Tori Krug, I could see Perunovic jumping into a power play one role, potentially. He's got that kind of skill set. And when he comes back, I'm sure he'll be on the roster at least. Yeah, excellent. I, you know, Perunovic was an interesting guy that we spent some time talking about last season. Uh, if you've been listening to the pod uh, so yeah, I think that's an interesting spot. I would say, I, I, my guess would be Falk would continue to hold on to that power play one, um, but Prunovic maybe could be a power play two option. Uh, I, you know, obviously, it'll all come out in the wash, right? We'll be able to see how it really goes once he's back, but uh, obviously that that top power play spot has a little more of a premium on it right now um, with the injuries in St. Louis because the the second unit is not what it has been um, with that with that more balanced look. Uh, I agree with you. I think Matheson uh, is the top pick there um, just because he he has had that power play one and obviously um, you know when you're out there with uh, with your your Caulfields uh, and your Suzuki's that's when you know the team is doing its best. So uh, anytime you can you know just the same way that you're going to grab their line mates, you want to grab folks who are going to play in their unit. So I'm with you, Matheson, top overall. I think Blankenberg would be my second um, because you know we've seen him. Uh, have some nice production here this year. Um, you know, like Perunovic, not a, a very long NHL resume to his name, uh, but, you know, definitely someone that the the Blue Jackets are going to rely on. Uh, and, yeah, we want to see kind of where he ends up in the, the power play pecking order. All right, let's get on to some hot and cold streaks here. Uh, I think with the injury returns, one of my hot streaks is already kind of uh, obsolete. So we'll skip over Marcus Johansson, who uh, had had six points in the last six games. 
um, but appears to be pretty much fully uh, removed from the power play situation. Um, but you mentioned him earlier, uh, Connor Sherry. I really like as an option. He's only 22% rostered in Yahoo. Uh, he, at the time that I was preparing, had one goal, six assists in his last four games. Let's turn that to one goal, seven assists in the last five, uh, because he does have an assist here on Tuesday evening. Uh, he's playing his even strength primarily with Strowman Ovi. That's definitely the line uh, that you'd like to, to be on. Uh, he's not getting that power play exposure, at least on the top unit, but if you are on any power play in... Washington, you get to play with Ovi. So, uh, you know, I like to have, uh, I like to have that opportunity available as well. He's been on a nice little streak. Uh, obviously those assists are not helping you out as much as goals, but, uh, I like Sherry. You know, he was an interesting option, uh, during portions of his, uh, Penguins career. Uh, he was interesting last year at times, uh, as well, uh, on the caps. And it seems like he is, uh, on a nice little roll for himself as well. So a good option to add, uh, two more games against the Blue Jackets here this fantasy week. Uh, and you know, that's usually uh, a pretty decent opportunity to put up some points. Um, Let's jump over uh, to a couple cold goalies. Uh, do you want to start us off uh, with the first one? Yeah. Uh, Alexander Georgiev on Colorado has four straight games of under a 900 save percentage, including a pair of really bad starts against Toronto and Arizona of all teams. Uh, I don't think there's much going on here. I mean, he's having a rough stretch. Colorado has had a bunch of injuries lately. But also, Pavel Francouz is hurt too, so they're not going to play Jonas Johansson over Georgiev. Yeah, especially if we all recall uh, he was described as one of the worst goalies uh, the the beat writer had ever seen out in Buffalo, I believe, uh, when he came over. So yeah, I, I imagine that yeah, Georgiev, you know, he's he's in that pile with some of these other upper tier players who are on cold streaks: Ekblad, Crosby, Gunsel, Kopitar, J.T. Miller. You know, there's not a whole lot to do with these guys just because, you know, the hang in there option uh, is usually better and less regrettable than the drop for nothing or trade for pennies on the dollar option. So he's one of those guys where, yeah, he's on a cold streak, um, but, you know, he's still, you know, an average plus goalie on a good team. So he's worth having around, I think, in most cases, and hopefully he'll get it back together. He did have, you know, four straight games where he allowed four total goals. So He's definitely capable. It's just been kind of rough lately. And Arizona's been doing this to teams lately. Uh, but here's a more actionable cold streak uh, for another goalie, and that is Ilya Samsonov. Uh, he's had three really bad starts in his last four games. That would be starts under an 850 save percentage. Um, you know, he's still hanging in there on Tuesday night and may even get the win. I think that game has moved into overtime. Um, but he has allowed 17 goals in these four games, uh, plus overtime right now. So he might add one more just for fun. Uh, it really seems like that crease does belong to Matt Murray, who has three quality starts and one really bad start in his last four, uh, at least until we see uh, Murray's next injury setback. Uh, not that I'm wishing it for him. Obviously, I want him to do great. I have, uh, you know, I, I like Matt Murray and I hope he does well, but it does seem to be a pattern. Uh, when that happens, Samsonov would certainly be an interesting option, even though he's struggling lately. Uh, and then the last team that we want to talk about here is Philadelphia, uh, who's got a few players uh, who are pretty interesting and not widely owned. Um, I'll start with a guy that I'm pretty interested in, and that is none other than Scotty Tulati. That is Scott Lawton, 16% owned, uh, 
three goals, three assists for six points over his last four games, averaging over two shots a game, uh, playing with Hayes and Allison at even strength and playing on power play two. You know, that's not necessarily the most appealing uh, deployment, certainly, but he really does seem to be making the most of it. Uh, and, you know, he's been on quite a hot run. One other thing that he's doing for your team is uh, in the time that he's spent killing penalties, uh, he, I believe, has had three uh, shorthanded points uh, in the recent past. I think he's got five total on the season. Uh, so if you are in a league where shorthanded points count or, heaven forbid, are a category where just getting one or two can win that cat for you for the week, uh, definitely take a look at Scott Lawton. Um Noah Cates also is an option out there at 1% owned, a goal and four assists for five points in the last four games. Definitely a more enviable spot at even strength with Konechny and Faraby at even strength, also on power play too. I still would take, I think, Lawton over Cates just because, um, well, for one, Lawton's been more productive and, you know, he's got a longer track record too. Cates is kind of like a third wheel who I could see getting shifted over. Uh, and then you wanted to bring up a, a good Michigan man for us here to cap things off. Yeah, as much as I'm not a Michigan man myself, I uh, do love many of the Michigan players in the NHL, one of whom is Cam York. Cam York got the call up recently, and although he has not gotten a slot on power play one, he's playing some decent minutes, getting some points, and averaging, I think, like a block and a half a game through his short stint in the NHL. Uh, I think he may be here to stay this time. I think he's looked good and passed the eye test which you know is what the coach over there cares most about. And yeah, Cam York, if you need some help on defense, especially short term, one thing with these Flyers is the Flyers have the rare five-game week coming up in a couple weeks. So if you can grab one while they're hot, you'll be rewarded in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's a really good point. If you can hold them on your roster, uh, you know, some advantageous scheduling even as early as next week with a Monday-Wednesday game. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely be looking to, you know, I love the idea of, of making some of these plans with an eye on the future, you know, not just, are they going to help you in short term, but if they're worth holding, you know, might be someone that you want to grab, uh, and hold, you know, just to get some of that nice volume. So I really like that too. I did want to mention, you know, I was talking about these four game streaks for Lawton and Cates, you know, uh, those last four games have included Los Angeles, Anaheim and San Jose, all of them, which were on the road. So that has got to count for something, but they're not up against the, you know, the best defenses in the world. Um, but yeah, you know, it's been some nice streaks for them and I think they're definitely worth taking a look at. Uh, all right, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really uh, been great having you. Uh, I believe you'll be back uh, at least for Thursday as well, filling in for the inimitable Ben Burnett. But it's been nice having your voice on here and your insights. Uh, anything you want to share with the folks before uh, we send them off? No, nothing that I need to share. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. And I'm happy to sub in anytime you guys need a pinch hitter. Oh, absolutely. Our pleasure. Can't wait to talk to you on Thursday. If the beginning of this week is any indication, we are going to have a ton to discuss by the time Thursday rolls around. Uh, thanks, everybody who has joined us here. Uh, please give us a follow at ShortShiftsKK. You can find Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson. Uh, Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme is taking a hiatus here. Uh, you may still be able to catch him on Twitter at NHL Stream Scheme, but definitely want to tune in and see what is coming next for uh, Davey B because he is always entertaining and has great uh, fantasy insights. 
Uh, certainly recommend that you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News NHL, all of which is so nicely organized at GameDayTweets.com. Visit that site and the other great sites where we research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, and Natural Stat Trick. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. John Reed is our digital media producer. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.